Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which one to drink for just as long. Club W are leading the grape-to-glass revolution and taking the headache out of shopping for wine. Our listeners can get 50% off their first order right now by going to clubw.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, millennials? Welcome to the show. My name is Matt. Now, is millennial an insult to you? I mean, I'm, trust me, I'm using it pejoratively. I'm using it as an, as an insult uh, because I'm not a, a millennial. I'm definitely the generation before. I'm the generation that grew up before there was internet integrated. I didn't have it in school, didn't have it in nothing. We had green screen email when I was in college where we had to do a bunch of you know, DOS commands and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm separate than you. I'm, you know what? I'm better than you. If you're younger than me, I'm better than you are. I mean, Toby and Joey, they're basic, they're almost baby boomers, maybe Gen Xers. I'm probably Generation Y, if you think about it. Anyway, yeah, what is it about you millennials? I guess you just want stuff to matter. That's what they say is your thing. You, you want stuff to have meaning. And maybe that's why you support this podcast. That's why you join the BC Club. That's why you guys shop on that Amazon link that we give you. Well, you know what? I take you back. You guys aren't so bad. Thank you for doing that, especially the Amazon thing. That's working well. It doesn't cost you anything at all. You can go to our website or go to jabberjawmedia.com and find our show. Click through the uh, support Amazon link, bookmark it, and every time you shop, uh, it'll give us a little bit of, of pennies. It'll give us a little bit of kickback, and that way you can still prolong and uh, avoid joining the BC Club. But thanks to you guys who have joined the BC Club. I hadn't mentioned it in a while, but the uh, Money Pit is a is a band I like. It's Bobby and Nick from Gatsby's American Dream, and I just realized it, but their vinyl just came in. It came out, and you can see it at moneypitmusic.com. It's this Coke bottle green splatter. It, trust me, just go look and see what it looks like. Go to moneypitmusic.com. Uh, yeah, uh, we're about to get on a plane, and we'll see everybody in Texas at the Emory Acoustic Shows. Uh, Dallas is sold out, and there's a couple of tickets left for San Antonio and for Houston. So we'll be out on a trip as we speak. Hope you guys have a good one. All right, episode. Let's do it. Joey, you ready? Yes. Matt, are you ready? All the time. Let's do this. A three, two, one, hit it. I'm beatboxing this time. That's a dubstep. <laughs> Be a Christian, be a, be a Christian, be a, be a Christian. Podcast! Oh, right. Way to go. Well, guys, you hadn't said anything yet. There's something, I'm, maybe I sound like a, a woman right now, but you know. Oh, always. You, you know, I mean, notice you don't anything? I mean, you know, I've been talking to you guys for a little bit now and still, anything you notice about Wait, me? Weight gain? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Matt, did you get your hair cut? I did. I cut my oh, hair. Oh, man. And I haven't gained any weight. No, I've lost weight. I'm on the train with you on the diet. You got me inspired. Well, I've inspired a lot of people. I've overcome a lot. <laughs> you have. Not as much as Joey. I've had to overcome you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, it, what's funny is right now our church is doing a 21-day fast. What is that, Daniel fast? Well, Joey's doing the Daniel fast. I was already eating low carb. I was like, I'm not going to, what am I going to take away? I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to add, all I would be doing, if I went to Daniel fast, I'd be adding food, taking away meat, but adding all the other foods. Yeah. So um, I am fasting a few different things. One, uh, on mon- Sunday nights from like dinner to Monday dinner, I fast food, you know, like sundown to sundown or whatever. Uh, one day a week, and then I fasting all social media, no Twitter, no Facebook, uh, no MySpace, no Friendster. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I'm fasting, which is literally the hardest one, and this sounds crazy maybe to people. I hope it sounds normal. Jess, my wife, said I had to do this one. I'm fasting the scale. I'm not weighing myself whatsoever. Oh, cool. And it is really hard because I've been so motivated like by either a pound up or a pound down or whatever it might be. Um, all, and so it's really hard and it's, it's actually really good for me because I'm just thinking, okay, I'm kind of keeping a mental tally of, oh, I ate this. I'm working out this. I'm doing it like, yeah, come on. You don't need an extra piece of chocolate or, you know, low carb chocolate, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's been kind of cool, but that, that one is like an actual real deal fast. Like it's funny. I didn't think that would be that crazy, but I have not weighed myself in, you know, pushing a week and, uh, it's kind of, kind of cool. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't weigh myself either. Because uh, this is true, hundred percent true. My bathroom is so small, the scale doesn't fit in it. <laughs> one bathroom and it sits up under the sink. So I had to get it out and put it on the floor just to weigh myself, and then put it back away. Can in the Joey fit in your house? I, it remains to be seen. I hope y'all will come see my house sometime soon. Ooh, Joey, Joey, Joey! You got to get. You can't stay at Matt's house if you go to Seattle, my friend. What are you gonna do? Whatever. What do you, you're only fasting. You're doing the Daniel fast, right? Are you praying during this time? Yes. I'm, I'm trying to pray more. Yep. I, I've been trying to wake myself up. God gave me, I think I say, God, I feel like a pressing upon my heart to pray for like three or four certain people. Yeah. So I've been doing that each day, just kind of different, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the number one thing that happens with me for fasting is it, this is inspired by John Piper's book and it really has proven true for me is when I give up food. Uh-huh. Uh, certain types of food that I like. Every time I think about really wanting that, I remind myself I don't need that because I have Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it really, when you do that all day and you think, man, lunch would sure be great, like a really good lunch. Oh, but body craves it, but I'm going to give it up and Jesus is sufficient. It is helpful. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I do think it. there's something supernatural with with. Fasting. I think that's a, a word of affirmation type thing that I've, I've been talking about too. Like you, like you are being present in the moment and going, wait, mm-hmm. I don't need this because I do have Jesus or I, I do have willpower that God gave me or strength or enough sustenance that from the last time I ate to be okay. I think right. that's, I think that's good. That's all discipline stuff. And so I'm kind of still freaked out. And, and I tell you, we get so many people telling us that oh, Seth yeah. and David Taylor episode was so good, but this still got me a little bit freaked out because the thing that they were saying there, as I try to re-say it to people, it's like they were saying it's at some point our, it has to be, our faith doesn't need to have a logical or practical explanation. It needs to be faith. It needs to be supernatural. So that makes me even think, 
you know, it makes it rubs up weird with me of saying you do stuff out of discipline. Well, you know what? Turns out that not looking at the skill does have a benefit. And this is nice because of the discipline of those things. And I'm thinking now I'm like looking for where's the faith and where's the supernatural, if I believe it, versus, yeah, there are benefits to fasting, you know, in a practical sense. So it almost makes me overreactive to practicality, which is weird, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's going to be a pushback towards because the, the the biggest thing for probably the last five years at least, probably more than that, eight years maybe, has been, hey, we don't want to be legalistic. We don't want to be legalistic. And I think there's going to be a pushback against that. Like, oh, no, you need some of that. Yeah. Like, you need to be practical. You need to be legalistic. And you need to have some of that stuff. And within that, I think. Wh- you need to be legalistic, Toby Moran. Yeah, a little bit. On certain things, I do. Like, like, to, like seriously, I was thinking about, I thought it would be funny, especially if we did video, that I was just going to work out during this podcast because I've not been able to work out today. And I think that that is, can be a good thing and a bad thing, both at the same time. Me, my desire to work out now and, and try and get in shape can be bad and can right. be at the exact same time really good. It's helping me to get healthier. Sure, but I'm saying there's a difference in discipline and faith and and supernatural stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you could say, for instance, that the discipline of Muslim this and that and praying to Mecca it can benefit you, but that doesn't mean it's true or it's real or it's right. Versus, you know, I pray because if I pray, it helps my brain reorganize, and it's the same as meditation. Those are all just things that are completely worldly. Versus when I pray. God changes me. That's those are two different things, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think what when you're saying legalism, what you legalistic about certain things, I think what you're really saying is just hardcore discipline. Like nothing, you're going to do this um, because honestly, you're you're mm-hmm. doing that for the purpose of getting in better shape. It's not for the sake of doing these rules. You know what I'm saying? Semantics. Yeah, that's true. You know who would think all of this? Oh, go, you got something. I was just gonna say maybe that was a poor analogy, but what I'm saying is though, for sure, you will see people pushing back on weight. You got to put the legwork in on stuff, and it's going to pay off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. As opposed oh, yeah. to no, yeah. we can't do this. You know, you just got uh, that. That just became almost as cliche as it was before. Legalism sucks. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not pro legalism, especially in Christianity. But at the same time, I think that you'll see some practicality of like the church ideas that we have some of them are you have to do this or we don't want you to come to this church yeah <laughs> like seriously i think i think that's a good thing like one of the, i thought that was kind of a cool thing even about mars hill that it felt like it was hey we we, we want you to be in a small group yeah you, you are in a small group right i mean i mean those, those things are cool right rules and discipline yeah, though can be divorced from morality sure and supernatural sure that's all I'll well you know who would think all of this there. is bullshit is uh, dicky the duck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Godless, who, uh, part of Metal Sucks podcast, and he came on. Uh, I love that no, dude. Pastor, yeah, me too. Pastor with no answers. Yeah, uh, for two episodes. And I'm telling you, if I if I didn't pick two guests that were the complete polar opposites as far as just being a hundred percent, I mean, just all out with their beliefs. Mark Solomon, a yeah. former guest here, being. I mean, he love he that dude he too. falls more into you guys as far as just like. Whatever God says, I don't even have to figure it out. I don't have to be, mm-hmm. I don't have to feel good about it. Whatever God says. And, and, and it was just mm-hmm. so interesting to hear him actually say that to someone that we believe uh, needs Jesus. Sure. Can I give you my two takeaway, two takes from the first half that I've been able to hear so far? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Number one, I completely agree with almost essentially everything that Godless says, but completely. Right. And also, What's interesting is I I agree with Mark entirely, and I don't think they disagreed that much. And I think it's really interesting to hear you react. You texted us right after you did the interview and thought, oh, my gosh, this is fireworks. This is crazy or whatever. 
I thought it was not. I thought it was funny that how not funny, but interesting how uncomfortable you w- were about how tense that was. And I thought it was com- completely reasonable that you had two strong personalities that were able to just say what they thought. I don't think either one of them was particularly. And maybe you know, maybe part two they erupt, but. I thought they were both comfortable being strong and saying stuff that was obviously disagreement, and I could feel you wanting to make it feel okay and being that's what I would have done with too. it. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I disagree as far as where I was uh, coming from. I loved it. I mean, I texted you and Toby because I was just like, "This is awesome." But I do, I do think the second part it does get heated. But I think Jared mm-hmm. definitely, like, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Jared was frustrated for sure. Yeah, I could tell he was really frustrated. Well, honestly, because I, I have been able to interact with Godless outside of that conversation. I saw a side of Godless I had never mm-hmm. seen before because we've never gone into that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, he bet definitely was very cynically, this this is just the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> and just, I mean, it was great. I, I, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. I admire him being willing to say that is what I would say. Of course, it makes people mad. And Jared was, I, he and Jared were both frustrated. I for sure, I understand. Yeah, but that. listen, listen how horrible of a job I'm doing with casting uh, vision, so to speak, with the guests that I get on here. Is I basically <laughs> tell them every single time, "Hey, just imagine this: a bunch of dudes sitting there with a beer, talking about stuff." <laughs> I was like, "Just what you think about it and all that." But every single time I ask someone to be on the show, they'll say things like. Oh man, I had like five pages of notes that I didn't even get to. Or yeah, I can't do that one because I'm studying for the other one. I'm just like, I, it's not the purpose. Like I don't. But but people, there's no way they can shake. If I'm getting two people on the podcast that disagree, they see it as a debate. Yeah. No matter what, I I got to prepare because I I've got to you know do a good job. And I appreciate them uh, valuing the fact that they want to be prepared. But it's just like, uh, not after a debate, let's just hang out and talk sort of thing. Well, at least I I think we're really close to finding or at least helping godless get salvation through Christ. Definitely. So that's cool. Right now he's He's going to be saved. He doesn't even, he doesn't even see it coming and then whammo, Holy spirit beat down. (laughs) (laughs) What's, what's crazy. He, well, yeah, he everybody a, do check he's that a out. Huge tool for the enemy right now because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hear that as a huge tool. No. <laughs> You're giving him platform. He's a huge tool, right? Well, well what, what's funny is because he he definitely came from exactly where we're at right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like as far as just seeing yep. our worldview, he came from. So his point is, you guys are almost there. Keep going yeah, yeah. is what he yeah. says. Maybe he's right, and we give him the platform. So whatever. I enjoy talking to him. We're going to have him on a little bit. Here still too, so looking forward to that for sure. Have you guys seen the making a murderer thing that everybody's talking about? Every human on earth is talking about it constantly. How amazing it is! And here's what is funny: is I haven't seen one episode yet. I wanted to watch it, and uh, I said, "Jess, let's watch it." And she goes, "I can't watch that stuff. It gets in my mind." <laughs> I, said, I was like, "What do you mean? That I can't sleep. I'll be thinking about it. And it's scary." And she just thinks she's going to wake up thinking that she either she's going to turn into a murderer or there's a murderer outside our window or something. Women are just a lot yeah. of women are like that. Like I just it, I can't watch a horror movie. I just I'll think about it. That's so that's so funny. Well, it's it's real interesting. I won't go into it really. I was just curious if you had. I thought there's. I thought uh, certainly Joey hasn't, and maybe you had. But yeah, it seems like right up your alley. Then again, Joey says he because he doesn't watch TV shows. But this one's a, essentially a documentary, so I think there is a chance he would he would watch it. Right, making a murder. So it's about different serial killers. No, or no. Oh, so you haven't even heard about it? Yeah. Well, no. It's about a guy who went on trial and uh, he got he got convicted of a murder. And then it would, turns out by DNA evidence it was wrong, 
and it looks like he was framed. And then so after he gets out after 18 years, a couple years later, he's in a lawsuit with the people that put him in there wrongfully. They look like really bad guys, really bad cops and stuff. And uh, they suppressed evidence and everything. So he was in jail 18 years. And then five or six years later, after he's out in the middle of this battle for millions of dollars, he gets what appears to be framed and incarcerated again for murder. Oh, my gosh. For murder again. And so this is just a lengthy documentary split up into yeah. different episodes? Yeah. Yeah, it's like 10, 45 minute or 10, one hour things. Yeah, that yeah. is. It's kind of like a video serial type kind of thing story. Anyway, it's it's really interesting, and I will not go into it. I have tons of thoughts on it, and not because I care about spoilers, because I do not. It, it, anything's you know valid to spoil. Otherwise, there's no. It doesn't even matter anymore since stuff is on demand. But I think you guys should look into it, so we could discuss it because everybody loves discussing. You've seen the whole thing, yeah. I've seen the whole thing, and basically, you know, people. You watch it with Bridget, yeah, yeah. But people are bringing it to me and saying, "Well, what do you think here? Is it a conspiracy? And is it what is this? Do you not believe it? Whatever." And so I have interesting, you know, I I enjoyed it. I think there's some obvious stuff about it. Are you are you pro him or pro not I'm, him? I mean, I, to me, I'm just a. I call myself a bias eliminating machine. So my main point <laughs> being that any documentary is a bias is almost always a bias generating machine. A bias eliminating machine. Machine. <laughs> no, when I say bias eliminating machine, I'm saying that's what I'm looking to do. I'm not saying that I'm efficient at it. That's all I hear though. On every radio, every podcast, everybody, every damn person's talking about it, and it's either man, the, you know, evil cops, and it's just what they're going to get you. And everybody else is like, "No, nah, we're yep. the smoke. There's fire. He's awesome, pretty shady, and it's a bad dude." Yeah, it brings up great questions and, and lots to talk about. Do you think it's skewed, like, to kind of just make you think one way? Of course, you right. can make a documentary about anything, and it would skew you. You can say, I, "I'll never eat corn. I'll again, never drink again, or I'll <laughs> never eat gluten again." I mean, if you watch just the food, if you watch ten documentaries in a row on food on Netflix. Your diet is now restricted to watering cucumbers that are organic. That'd be all that would be left after you watched it. Oh, God, I know. Whatever, dude. I've watched so many documentaries on conspiracy theories, and I've like Je- believed in like every single one of them. Je- <laughs> well, I'm just saying, once you in, there's there's psychology that goes in there, and you invest into the thing, and you put your time into it, and you and then there's a, a trick where you feel like now I'm an expert because I have this knowledge, right? But you're also willingly engaged in the thing where subconsciously they're playing rumbly right. dark sounding music while right. this guy's talking. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, and you, you can't, you can't really filter all that out. So you have to put a filter on when you watch something and say this, the, the point of this is to make me feel a certain way about a thing, you know? And so you have to take that into account and then also not, not assume people are lying or tricking, but you have to, you got to filter it out. Well, that's what I've been thinking lately too is, I heard uh, it was funny. I was flipping through the channels, and uh, y'all know Glenn Beck at all? Y'all yeah. know him? Mm-hmm. I was riding to work, and it was the only thing. It was everything else. Commercials flipped it on there. I listen to him actually sometimes, or used to a little bit, but oh, it's cool, a, he's a little too emotional, cryy, and all. it's kind of funny. He developed that, which is what's weird. But uh, he played he played a, a thing. It was really funny. I think it was Dwight Eisenhower, or whatever. But uh, uh, just of a president and talking about no, we're not letting in certain refugees because Germans have infiltrated them. We're not going to be they were trying to be. And it was really interesting. He was just talking about. Main main thing about it was just uh, propaganda, and it just really set the rest of the drive. I just started thinking about that, and just the everything really is propaganda. It's just to make you think something like like seriously. Mm-hmm. We were watching the national championship game where our beloved Clemson Tigers lost, and uh, it, just the everybody was like sucking Nick Saban's dick. Like <laughs> like it was just like they were just saying like just saying all the greatest. Oh man, another great decision. Oh man, look at Lane Kiffin. What an amazing. And I'm just like it was the whole Alabama team. Yeah, oh, and, man, I just, and I just Lane thought Kiffin they, they the probably had to do that because maybe Alabama's the more famous team and everybody wants him to 
they're skewing it a little bit to where like, oh, now we're watching the greatest coach ever that ever played. And I was, and I was like, shit. And then I, yeah, you know me, my mind goes immediately all the way to the church. And then I start thinking the same thing about the church. Like is the church uses a lot of propaganda. Like here's the perfect song that hits that emotional point, And then that causes you to raise your hand. And then they say this about how sad life is. And it hits your heart here. You see the story. And it's this whole thing to think, okay, life is bad. God is good. Yeah. Here's money. All right. I'll do it again next week. And I'm just like, man, are we like everybody, regardless of politics or whatever it is, it is all propaganda. And we're kind of fools. We're all fools, including me, starting with me first. Mm-hmm. I fall for it all the time. And it's just, it's kind of, I'm not, I know I'm off the, the making murder subject, but it really, that, that, it, I don't know what you can believe anymore. Like you watch a documentary, that ain't no documentary. It's totally skewed, just like news. Yeah. All news. It doesn't matter if you're left or right or whatever. It's all skewed just to get you to think a certain way so you they can get you again. Even the damn news. It's very skewed. No, no. Yeah. That's the only one on <laughs> earth that is true and real for sure. <laughs> Well, let's let's spend this episode talking about a couple more things that people get that is emotional bias is going. And like okay. I, I'm, I'm saying that I like to try to assess those and look at. Them. I'm not saying I get them right or wrong, but you're a bias eliminating machine, a BEM. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, the first one, Toby, I'll get you on my side on this one at least. Is yes. I would love to talk about your your diet and my diet and what's you know sure. essentially low carb diets because that one is crazy. Oh, as yeah. soon as you say the word low carb, which I've advised that you not do. Um, because p- the way people react to it emotionally, because I, for whatever reason, they get angry, spit on you. <laughs> yeah. Just for you saying on the podcast, I get so much people saying stuff. It's crazy, but um, let's roll this science right. music and we'll talk a little bit about what it is. Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology, mathematics, gravitation, electromagnetism, evolution, and now it's time for science lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. All right, so we're gonna do a couple of things here. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things, then I'm gonna bring on a uh, science wingman. Does that sound good? All right, love it. Okay, I'll reveal that momentarily. Right, go ahead. Let's start with a couple of definitions so we know what we're talking about because we just throw around terms here. But yeah. if you're consuming 2,000 calories a day, uh, a normal diet would be 225 to 325 grams of carbohydrates. And most people eat significantly more than that. But if you count them, you just look at the nutrition facts, that would be what's considered normal right. or recommended carbohydrates in that way. So most low-carb diets limit carbohydrate intake to between 50 and 150 grams of carbohydrate, depending on the diet. Now, you can go even lower than that into the range of 20 to 50, in which case you're approaching what's known as ketosis. But just to clear it up, really all you're talking about when you say when you say low carb or when somebody says restricted carb, you're not talking about something crazy or extreme. You're saying increase fat intake and reduce or eliminate grains and sugar. So the whole premise of this and where the people get all freaked out is people are trained to or naturally think fat bad. And then, well, of course, bread and sugar, they're less bad than fat somehow, but the, the right. truth seems to be the opposite of that. So, But it, it shouldn't be that hard to understand that somebody, if you if you tell somebody I'm eating a low carb, they get maybe angry at, or criticize you. But if you tell somebody, oh, I don't eat grains and sugar, Hell yeah. if you just say that, then people go, oh, good for you. So that's all we're really talking about. But Toby, are you going down all the way into 20 and 30 carbs a day? Yeah, I do. I don't really eat much carbs at all. Like I do... I definitely, the the place where I get my carbs are, I do have a sweet tooth and I started eating like, uh, I love these Trader Joe flaxseed chips. Mm-hmm. 
So I allow myself some of those uh, every day, every few days. But do you think you're at, do you count them? Do you think you're around 30 or under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 30 or under for sure. Yeah, I, I don't write it down, but I, I stay, I don't go too crazy. Yeah. So there's some studies. People keep studying this. This takes a long time to get studies, but there's more and more coming in that seem to suggest that fat, good, sugar, bad. Oh, everybody's now saying fat's good. And like low fat, the low fat diet craze is like actually proven like that's kind of bad. So there, here's a couple of quotes. There's no significant evidence for concluding that dietary saturated fat is associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Here's another one. The observational evidence does not support the hypothesis that a dairy fat or high fat dairy foods contribute to obesity or cardiometabolic risk. So this one's saying Tight. high fat does not even contribute to obesity. Wow. So when you say I can't eat grease or I don't want to eat that greasy thing because it, it can make me more obese, that is not true. What about arteries and stuff? Not not at all. That's the first one about cardiovascular de- disease or cardiometabolic risk. So fat is not bad for your heart in any way to eat. In fact, it's the hamburger bun, not the greasy hamburger that increases the risk of right. heart attack and those things. That is, that's basically what is continued to unravel. But the super low carb diet is known as, uh, what you're doing there is going into ketosis, which is a metabolic state where your body's, where your energy comes from something known as ketone bodies in the blood instead of blood glucose, instead of, which is normal. So basically what happens is, and I'll get to the, I'm almost done with the technical part of this, but essentially your liver stores glycogen that's stored sugar that you get and it it all sits in there and it metabolizes that into the bloodstream and that is how you have that's what feeds your cells and energy and stuff like that so when you eat fat it gets stored for another time and when your liver is depleted of glycogen it doesn't have any more to to put out in the bloodstream it still needs it and so it brings in there um it it, it instead of doing that what it does is turn fat and stuff from fatty acids into glucose so even fat is able to be converted when in the absence of the carbohydrates there so that's process is known as gluconeogenesis so your body can totally use fat for energy through that process but you have to deplete the, the reserves so those that really low carb 20 and 30 a day you're in what's you know essentially a fat burning mode and that's why you burn off fat like crazy is because you don't have any carbohydrates for it and then the only thing I would say is a lot of people complain too that fat doesn't uh, get burn as well as carbs. Like you get a big a bigger spike from carbs and mm-hmm. more energy because I think your body burns mm-hmm. carbs better. Which is why if you're shredded, I think carbs are definitely you should eat way more carbs. Obviously, like a football player or sprinter or something like that needs carbs to get those spikes. Yeah. But for me, it's been interesting this time. A lot usually when I go low carb, second or third day, I get a real like. Um, dropped out. Oh, you feel crazy. Yeah. That third day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much energy or anything. That didn't happen this time. And I believe it's because I immediately started working out that I just had the mentality of just push through just, and I, I just didn't go there. Mm-hmm. And then the other good thing too, man, I was going to ask you about this too. Oh, go ahead. Biggest things are is, is an appetite suppressant, but I also oh, yeah. can eat a ton of fatty foods. If I just eat low carbs, like I could eat Almost, if, if there's not much, like I could eat an unbelievable amount of chicken wings and celery, yeah. and I would probably lose weight. Like it's crazy. Like the, the amount almost oh, doesn't matter on low carb, which is crazy. Well, I don't know what right. that is though. Is right. it just you're just burning through fat? Yeah, because you, you're you, you're burnt. You're literally burning the fat for stuff, and the, you're not storing up any, uh, you know, carbohydrates are used immediately. Therefore, all the fat that you eat is stored. So it's not calorie in, calorie out. Only works. I mean, it doesn't really work that well, to tell you the truth. So it's better if your fat, if your body becomes in fat burning mode because it's 
in fat burning mode, then that's more effective at losing weight, regardless of how many calories you eat. So that my fitness pal app is just full of shit. Things full of shit, man. I well, I don't know what it's telling you or what it's based on or, or anything, so I, I wouldn't say that. Well, basically, no, just it, calories it work simply too. Takes counting calories. calories yeah. it, well, he just said not really. Well, I think it. I, I disagree with Matt there. Calorie in, calorie out. Think about it this way: if there's different ways that your body can behave, then that would affect. Cal- I'm not saying that zero. Ca- if you eat 500 calories a day, you'll lose weight. Sure, right. So I'm not saying there's nothing to that, but I'm saying if you are in a metabolic process that burns more fat that's that's going to have more effect than than your actual calorie intake if you eat if you take in less calories if there's a calorie deficit you will lose weight that i mean all no matter what exercise and calorie deficit have always worked but what i think matt's saying is and i really believe it lower carb low carb is just a super efficient easy way to lose weight like I, i i really believe i tell as many people as i can that are trying to lose some weight just try this for one month. Yeah, but y'all are also saying mm-hmm. that it's it's healthy yeah. outside yeah. of losing weight. Yeah, yeah. I think it really yeah. is. It's healthier and even the, the, the evidence, and this came from a two. Th- let me see. I'll, I'll tell you the study in case anybody wants to freak out. Systematic review and meta-analysis of clinical trials to the effects of low-carbohydrate diets on cardiovascular risk factors. That's the name of the study or the name of the paper, whatever it is. So I could be full of shit. I could be making it all up. So could they, but it seems to be people are further and further uncovering this and the people that were anti-low carb are, you know, it's, it seems to be headed that direction. It seems reasonable to me and my experience is also that it works. People's bodies are different. Absolutely. Consult your physician, whatever. But um, it's uh, pretty well founded at this point. Now, Matt, do you put any stock in getting the right amount of nutrients and vitamins and minerals and all that stuff like we got to have a certain amount of vitamin a vitamin i mean i don't count them but the great news is i eat tons of cabbage and cucumbers and things like that yeah. now which i so you do value that of course you know i mean you you know you can make the caricature things oh you eat bacon all day how great whatever i'm saying that the the carbohydrates are worse for you than bacon and heavy cream well the problem is the way that especially fast food revolutionary thing you basically get one tiny shitty piece of protein little hamburger bun I mean, a hamburger, and then you're surrounded by two giant buns, and then a side of French fries and a full Coke. Right. Like all, it's all carbs. Yeah. Like your whole thing is carb, and you get a little bit of protein. Like people that, I mean, French fries are, are a vegetable, I guess, but I mean, the worst kind you could get. And right. so staying away from that stuff. Yeah. If you want to have a small knock at low carb, it's, there's way bigger knocks with the, sure. the full carb, the unrestricted carbs, at least. Now, of course, there's people that do it healthy and eat 200 carbs and 100 carbs and 50 carbs, but it is it does yeah. seem to be a sustainable one, and it seems to work for at least Toby and I, so if not for you. Now, now what I think is interesting, too, is a lot of people are even against, like uh, Jess and I listen to, like Fat Burning Man podcast, which I recommend. It's really interesting. A lot of paleo folks now are really even against like beans and stuff. They say it's, it's inefficient to eat beans. Like, like if you're going to get, try and get protein from any like plant source and stuff it, that it's not as efficient, your body doesn't absorb it as well. Just eat meat. They, like just go get, just go get steak or fish mm-hmm. or chicken or something like that is the best possible way to get protein and your body needs protein. Yeah. The other thing too is what's interesting too, is even though I'm mostly eating all protein or a ton of protein, I still got to do a protein shake. It's not enough because I'm not eating that much. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, eat eggs, put cream in your coffee. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And don't feel bad about adding a ton of olive oil to uh, some mozzarella cheese and eating it for a snack. That's that's okay. Anyway, we're going on a little bit long here, but I wanted to bring in my science wingman. So we're going to ring up my friend from high school. His name's Hayne Griffin, good friend of mine. Uh, He did our documentary a long time ago. Uh, Hayne 
and I took AP Biology together. So Hain has quite a background in biology, understands it pretty well. And Hain was diagnosed late in life as a type 1 diabetes. Didn't know he had it his whole life, kind of like Jay Cutler. And then found out and almost died from blood sugar crash and spike. He didn't know what was going on. Turns out he has type 1 diabetes. Uh, understands biology, and he emailed me immediately when Toby said he lost all that weight and said, I, I, I want to explain what that was. That was water weight, this and that. Nice. He knows a, a good amount about the science and lives with it and eats. Haynes says he eats about 30 carbs a day. So I'm going to see. This is a live experiment. I'm going to see if I can ring him up right in the episode and get, get his take on it so I don't sound like a wing nut. Hey, Haynes, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? All right, so Hayne, you're a fireman. You're at the firehouse and are on duty right now. So if you have to go, we will understand. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Hopefully we won't have to go, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll roll with it, whatever happens. All right, so you texted me the other day and said, when Toby said that he gained like five pounds as soon as he ate sugar one time, yeah. you texted me immediately about that and said that's water weight. Tell me what, what you yeah, mean by that. So, um, so the way the low-carb stuff kind of works um, and just kind of figuring that out just with my own, my own diet, uh, whenever you go on a low carb diet at first and you start, um, you start that diet, the first, uh, like the first four or five pounds you shed is water weight. And what that's, what that is connected to is, um, we all store glycogen, um, in our bodies. And what glycogen basically is, is just kind of sugar reserves it's in your liver, it's in your muscles. And that's what your body will, like give off. If uh, kind of whole fight or flight, you get a surge of adrenaline, you need a lot of energy. It goes to those sugar stores, and you, you use those sugar stores up. What's interesting about that molecule, though, is that for every molecule molecule of glycogen, there's four grams of water attached to it to make it glycogen, so it can be stored. Wow. Well, when you go on a low carb diet, your body is screaming for sugar at first. Um, so I need sugar, I need sugar, I need sugar. So what it does is it pulls from those glycogen excuse me, glycogen stores. And when it pulls it and it converts that glycogen just into straight glucose for you to use, it releases that water. And they, they estimate, depending on the person, like it's like four to five pounds of water is attached to, gly- to uh, glycogen. So, Damn. But what happened, yeah, so what happened, uh, my guess, Kobe, is what happened to you is whenever you um, ate all those carbs really quick. Yeah. Your body's like, oh, sweet sugar. I got sugar. I, I need to restore all those glycogen reserves. But but the way that it has to do it, it has to retain water. It has to attach water to those sugar molecules to convert them into you know, storage potential. Yeah. So that's what happens. And and you literally overnight put on four or five pounds of water weight. That's what happens. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that like it's sugar. really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't fat. But it, it is shocking, though. I, I mean... The the amount of water that my body retains, it, that always makes me think that everybody's lying to me when they say I got to drink eight <laughs> eight glasses of water or like I'm dehydrated. I'm always like, man, I, no, I feel like yeah. I carry so much water all the time, but I, I still drink a lot of water. But a guy wrote me and said the same. He didn't go into as much detail, but he said, yeah, your body kind of does that. It, it'll gain like four or yeah. five pounds for a few days. And then it, so then when mm-hmm. I go back, I guess to lower carb, it just gets rid of that water yeah. again. That's exactly what it says. Mm-hmm. I've already introduced you as my science wingman here and also my biology buddy, I'll call you as well. That's right. 
athlete tone for life. Because we hanging out, we took AP biology yeah. together. I don't know if you took it in college or not. I took a year of pre med and yeah. enjoyed that before I transferred to music. Did you do any extended study in biology and science in college? You know, yeah. So when I went to college, uh, I was a um, biology major first and wanted to do environmental science, but I ended up mm-hmm. uh, going to the dark side. I became a history history major instead. But um, but yeah, all this, I mean, all the nutritional stuff I know because uh, because of my. Because I, I got the sugar disease. I got, I got the diabetes. Mm-hmm. You use low-carb diet in conjunction with her to control your diabetes. Tell me about how that works. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. So not to get too deep into um, diabetes science, but there's you know a couple of different types of diabetes. There's type 2 and type 1. Type 1 is more kids. Type 2 is with adults. Um, but I actually, I got type 1 when I was 34 years old, which is crazy. And, and that's not totally unheard of. It happens to people here and there. But whether you're type two or type one, um, it's obviously sugar management, and that's that's the whole name of the game. If you're diabetic, it's just how do you manage your your sugar levels? Because you you want to stay a good healthy you know sugar like around eighty or ninety, uh, and they, the doctors will tell you a hundred, hundred and ten. But if you're kind of at a, at a fasting blood sugar that high, you're kind of getting into the danger zone there. So you want to try to juggle this gain. So what I kind of learned early on, um, it's just you know similar personality mad and that i just want to know as much as i can so i just wasn't okay with the idea of you know i might lose my feet or lose my vision and might you know see my kids get married because of this this disease so dug deep into it and uh, figured out that carbohydrates are essentially sugar um and that can actually uh, be on a really low low carbohydrate diet and it really prevents me from having to take much insulin at all because if you're type one you're instantly insulin dependent uh, so you're able to use your diet instead of inject insulin as a substitute for that, and whereas most diabetic people don't. Right. So most type twos don't, and and there's all types of nuances in the, as far as type twos go. Um, a lot of them, particularly early on, for a long time, can manage it just with diet if they're willing to do it. You know how the culture is. It's, you know, just give me a pill. Don't make me change my lifestyle. Right. Just give, me, <laughs> just give me a pill. So I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. You know. Yeah, it sounds like and, Joey. Um, yeah. There you go. So, uh, how much weight have you lost, Toby? Uh, I'm well. I'm fast. I know it sounds hilarious. We we're just talking about. I'm actually we're doing a 21 day fast, and I'm fasting the scale because I was kind of getting addicted to it, like up and down. Yeah. But uh, last time I weighed, I was down to 208 from about 225. So that's been about Dude, a month awesome. and a half. So. Yeah. So you you shed a lot more than water. Yeah. Well, I, I put on some muscle too, for yeah, sure. For so sure. that's what's been kind of nice too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much carbs are you eating a day? Yeah, so I average about 30 carbohydrates a day, sometimes less, um, sometimes in the 20s, sometimes in the 40s. And what your body will actually do is it goes into ketosis, which ketosis is just a fancy word for a bunch of diets out there, Atkins diet, all the South Beach, all those diets are kind of pushing you into ketosis. And there's different levels of it. Um, But what ketosis basically does is it turns you from a sugar burner into a fat burner. And what's wild about it is that um, you can eat as much fat as you can possibly imagine eating in a day and you will not gain weight. So Yeah, that's what um, we were just talking about. That's so crazy. That's really true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm six three. I'm you know, I'm, I was one ninety before I was diagnosed, so I'm tall and lean. And um I probably intake two hundred grams of fat a day or more. A, a lot of coconut oil, a lot of olive oil stuff. 
and, and I'm just kind of leveled out right now at 175. So you have to take measures to put weight on, even though you eat unlimited fat. I do. So and since you started crazy. eating all fat, no sugar, you lost weight, and now have to fight to add weight. Exactly. Yeah. For a six four guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So um, and part of that's my job. You know, um, because of what I do for a living, I, w- I want to stay fit. And I gotta gotta stay um, stay strong. So my protein is higher to moderately high. My sugar is obviously very low, and I do that. The reason why I do that is that if anybody's listening, because I'm sure you have some type ones that listen. You know, if if you're taking an industrial dose of insulin, which which I would say is like 20, 30 units of insulin, it, it would be like taking the steering wheel of a car and just jerking it really hard one way. And so, if you eat a lot of carbohydrates, if you're diabetic, you're just going to send your sugar super high, and then you've got to counter that with a bunch of insulin, which is like taking the wheel of the car and jerking it the other way. Yeah. So that car for the sake of the illustration, is in a tailspin. You're fishtailing everywhere, trying to get it back between the lungs. But if you're on a super low-carb, low-insulin sh- um, low diet, so I, I hardly take any insulin at all. It'd be like taking that steering wheel and just barely adjusting it and then adjusting it back. And that's why I do the diet, because it keeps my blood sugars totally normal. And I've been on it for three years. So a healthy person's able to sustain that crazy blood sugar spike that yeah. we do when we drink a 30-ounce Coke. I mean, you can handle right. it because you have a pancreas that makes insulin, but it ain't good. And then a, a diabetic people can't make the insulin to bring it back down. So, hey, do you ever exactly. have – does that include an occasional splurge? Like, can you sit down and have Yeah, what did you do about your sweet tooth? Yeah, so um, I chew a lot of gum. <laughs> sugar-free gum? I've been doing that. Sugar-free gum. Chew a lot of sugar-free gum. Um, I need to get you to tell me some awesome recipes. We do uh, we do a low carb, um, a low carb ice cream. I mean, a bowl of it's like three carbs. We do. Uh, my wife makes these keto cookies. Each cookie is two carbs yep. a piece. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so those are yeah. kind of the ways that we. Yeah, Jess made me a, a low carb uh, cheesecake, but that's what I was going to ask you about. Is yeah, it, we do that too, man. What about like yeah, sucralose or aspartame? Does that does that spike you, or does that do anything? Do you stay away from that? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. But if you were to buy any kind of powdered, like artificial sweetener, and this is just this is just the nature of of the con of a lot of dieting. A lot of those companies, if, if it's in a powdered form, there is actually like malodextrin form sugar, and they'll have that in there. They'll put it in there, or they even pat it sometimes with a little bit of sugar, just a little bit, just to fill out that packet a little bit more. Man. The, the, the purest, no sugar that you can get in an artificial sweetener is in liquid form. So if you can get like stevia or sucralose in a liquid form, yeah, absolutely zero carbohydrate in it. Great. Hey, we got to go and move on to a break here. But last thing I want to ask you is, do you recommend this diet for people that are not diabetic? You think it's reasonable like your wife or, or you think Toby and I, it's reasonable for us to be eating 40 carbs, 20 carbs, 60 carbs a day? I don't know. So let me say this. If I wasn't diabetic, I'd still be, I'd still be a sugar burner. No doubt about it. Um, just too much stuff I like, like beer and chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. You but don't drink any I'm beer anymore? Is beer has a lot of sugar? So yeah, it does, man. Full of sugar. So I drink um, Miller Lights, a lot of Miller Lights, Amstel Lights, uh, Mick Ultra. You know, Bud Light. It's, it's low in carbohydrate. Oh and yeah. And alcohol also. Um, alcohol stunts your liver from giving off um, sugar as well. Our, our our bodies always give off a little bit of sugar. But to answer your question, Matt, I think if folks want want to lose some weight and they're really having trouble controlling their weight, yes, I'm totally for it. You know, people really you know, crap on the low carb diet. But the reality is, is we are all products of the low carb diet. I mean, humanity has not had the carbohydrates that we've had, you know, for the last thousands of years. We're all products of the low carb dieting, you know. Um, Inuit culture had zero carb and it really is a healthy way to manage weight. So I think it 
for folks that are having weight issues that yeah i'm i'm totally for and there's a lot of great information out there and a lot of crappy information too but you just kind of have to sift through it and, and make a decision well thank you for joining us hane I, you come back and be my my science wingman again sometime yeah yeah absolutely i'd love to do it and hey guys condolences man <laughs> condolences on that loss oh yeah yeah we appreciate it yeah. i'll never get all over right, guys. it all right thanks hane talk to you soon <laughs> I tell you all later, too. So, yeah, you know, fun for me having my friend on that I don't get to talk to. At least I get to do it here and have something to talk about instead of small talk. And, Joey, you have your brother on all the time, so hey. I know. You know what? In the next few episodes, I'm going to bring on a family member. I'm bring on my dad or my mom, somebody. That will be cool. I'm going to bring on Lair Dog, my brother. I'm we'll going to bring on your ex-girlfriend. But right now, let's get to the real deal. <laughs> let's get to the real deal. We'll let our good friend Godless. Let's have some fun here. Yeah, we'll Love be right back with Godless. Folks, I got a sponsor to tell you about, and it's Club W. And we've told you a bunch of times, trying to relay to you the importance of it. And sometimes we read the stuff they want us to tell you about it. But let me just listen to me for a second. Listen to listen to the words just come from me. Um, I'm not a really good planner. And often I come home after a long day. I've been out. I've been doing stuff running all over town. And all I wanted to do was have a glass of wine. Well, there's nothing better than have, seeing that, that package that Club W sent you is there. It's either on the porch or my wife already took it in because I spent enough time wandering around the grocery store. As it is, I'm really bad at that too, and I have no idea what I'm doing in the wine aisle. But with Club W, you don't have to worry about that because they ask you a six-question quiz. It's easy. It's not like a math test or anything, and uh, it it uh, figures out your palate so that every bottle you get from them is perfectly tailored to your taste. Uh, the other thing I like about them is they're leading what they call the grape-to-glass wine revolution. It just means it's cheaper for you. It means they cut out the middlemen. They cut out the stores. They cut out those distributor people. You get good wine, better than you could choose, for cheaper than you could buy, and there's a no-risk guarantee that you'll love it. When they send it to you. So all you got to do is go to clubw.com slash badchristian and get 50% off your first order. So don't ever come home to a wine-free house again. Just go to clubw.com slash badchristian and get 50% off your first order. We also got a music sponsor today. And guess what? It's Anchor and Braille. That's Stephen Christian from Amberlynn's Solo Project. And uh, he's got a new record coming out on February 5th. So here we go. I'm going to play for you a little bit of a track called Watch You Burn.
All right, this is Watch You Burn by Anchor and Braille off the upcoming record, Songs for the Late Night Drive Home. I hope y'all are digging as much as I am. Toby, Joey, you like it? Yes, yes, got it. Um, this stuff's great. It's I'm so glad to hear Steven's still making music, and Amberlynn was great, but this is tremendous too. You can pre-order the record on iTunes, and you can buy the song you're hearing right now, or you can just go to toothandnail.merchline.com. Anchor and Braille, Stephen Christian. There you go. Hey, man, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm excited. Good to see you guys again. You actually mentioned a couple things that I'm really uh, curious to hear more on, but I don't know. Can you give us a snapshot of why you think the whole annihilation thing is a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> oh, because it's it's just like what we talked about, uh, what I talked with Matt and Joey about before, which is just that the constant rationalizing that's being done to try to figure out how to explain uh, current morality yep. with this old bullshit that you know, you got you got a, a a game of monopoly here and th- those are the rules that have been played for hundreds and hundreds of years but you know everybody keeps on losing so you kind of find tr- got to yeah. find a new way yeah. to try to figure out that uh, oh no we just need to change that rule a little bit and and now 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 that game now that game's fun again you know yeah, so you figure it's, it's, you see it as mental gymnastics or you figured out a shortcut playing monopoly where you added a new part that makes it oh we'll put all the extra money into the free parking Fuck yeah, 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 that was just what I was going to say. <laughs> I, I hate free parking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's reasonable. I think, I mean, I, I'm not with Joey on annihilationism. So honestly, from my point of view, I can I kind of agree with, with what you're saying. Matt you, just thinks you're going to burn in hell forever, though. But I just, Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's interesting that something could be so there for a long time and then somebody like Joey could convert so fast, Joey, clearly yeah. because it, it definitely is just eat like Joey clearly to me exhibits a lot of like he and says always struggled that always had a hard time with that. like you just never liked it and now you found a way out of it so but I always believe good it. for you you found a way out of it I always believed it. yeah which is maybe respectable or maybe you're well, just stupid know. that's a great maybe we're all stupid did you always believe it or are you just always looking for what you actually believe no I always believed it that's why I was extremely uh, like I got depressed about it. I mean Priscilla <laughs> told me she remembers seasons of my life when I was struggling with it and she said do you it was kind of messed up. Like, I mean, I, I just, I hated that thought. So, and Gallus, so I, Gallus, you think this is just another example then of Christianity just break? Look cha- at his cha- smile. He thinks the rules. this is just all hilarious. <laughs> changing the rules so, to, <laughs> yeah. to for modern time. That's what you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like I've said before, you guys uh, are doing an awesome job of trying to remarket Christianity <laughs> to people who are like totally not down with all of the old sure. ways of doing things. You know, it basically everybody who ever like, uh, uh, watched Footloose and were like, no way, man, I like to dance. This is what, it's the same thing. Annihilationism is like, uh, Christianity for people who didn't like the, the bad guys in Footloose. I see that. Well, so I do know the guy that um, does the podcast Rethinking Hell. He would argue with you and say that annihilationism has been believed by a minority throughout church history, and, and he can give you quotes and stuff like that. But I, I, I think you're making a, a super valid point. I do think that uh, I like the fact that I can believe in annihilationism. Now, I don't think that it's 
it's something that I've been like, I'm jumping on because it I, it feels better. I'm jumping on because I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude makes a lot of sense. This is scripturally very sound, but I'm really, really glad that I think this is true now. Isn't isn't this an important question? Is it? A, I mean, isn't this, isn't it really, really, really important? Yeah, I do. I, so, I, so. I actually so don't, I say this, this is a, not important, a, personally. I'm sorry, go ahead. I say it's not important, me, personally. Now Joey thinks it is important. I see why you do, but to me, I keep finding myself going. I don't. I don't think it matters to me either way. Eternity doesn't matter. Uh, eternity matters, but whether what what a, the design is of for what happens to people that that aren't Christians that aren't going to heaven <laughs> is for God, and I, whatever it is, is what it is. I, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. How? I mean, I know that you're not really big on the empathy thing, but. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I'm hearing you exactly how he's hearing you. You're basically saying, "No, I don't think it matters. I don't think who cares if people burn in hell forever." It, it is the way. It's, it is what it is. What can I do about it? That's my trillions point. Trillions and trillions of people, right? Trillions of people over the the, uh-huh. the course of history and more, right? That their eternal uh-huh. eternity for those people, it's sort of like. Eh, no, I mean it is what it is. I don't. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I I can't. What, whether whether I think if I think about it rightly or if I think about it wrongly doesn't change anything. I'm either right or wrong. It doesn't matter. You, you probably yeah. would get upset over who would lose a baseball game. You know, like that that is upsetting. But the 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 eternal fate of trillions of people is sort of like ah, eh, you know. But here's where else is on. Here's where here's where I'll what back. Else is on? Here here's where. <laughs> Here's where I'll back Matt up, though, is if he truly believes in a God that that makes the rules or the rules come from him or however you want to look at it, it doesn't matter what Matt believes. Yeah, what I if I get it right, doesn't matter. But doesn't it matter? It will have no impact on on where anybody goes or what happens to but them. It doesn't matter to Matt because regardless, he's going to call that God God. I think is what he's saying. I mean, if if people burn in hell forever. That's still Matt's God. If they don't, it's still Matt's God. Right. So. You're reminding me of when Matt was like, yeah, like if, if it turned out God was like the bad guy from right. the Avengers, uh, Avengers movies, right. I'm like, that's cool with me. Right. What can I do about it? Loki's, yeah, that's God, even Loki's what, much more powerful than me. But 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 it's not good. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've, <laughs> no, it's hey, not good. I've got to tell our listeners, this is just so funny. We're watching you on video, and your microphone is facing away from the camera. And so when we're talking, you're turning around really quickly to look at it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what, awesome. what I'm saying is, I'd say that I think it's consistent with a lot of things that I think, and that is there's tons of stuff you can't know. I also th- am fine with people being agnostic. I understand their perspective on how would I even be able to know or confirm something. So I feel convinced of spiritual truth. I feel supernaturally convicted and compelled to believe in God and Jesus. And other than that, I I don't know if I'm getting anything right or not. So anybody wants to remain agnostic, and as people know, I'm politically agnostic. I don't know if I can figure out if the right is wrong or the left is wrong or who's good or bad. If I don't really even I don't know if I can sort scripture right or wrong. I try. I do the best I can, but I I hold it all pretty loose. I don't know. So, what, do you feel? Uh, wouldn't you feel awful to find out that you were evangelizing for an evil god? No. I, well, I would say I couldn't find that out because no matter what, he's God. <laughs> no. There's so no that, alternative. That, I, I might think he's evil, but he's probably like, man, I'm badass. I'm God. So that <laughs> it might not be evil to him. That my human view of that, my, just just like in this world, there's tons of times where I go, man, that is really messed up. 
And then later I found out information. I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't as crazy as it seemed. Yeah, we don't even assess people that well, like world leaders. Some, you know, Half the people think Obama's evil, like legitimately trying to do harm. Well, they're not right about that. And that's a human that lives in our day that we elected, and half of the people here think he's intentionally trying to do harm to or essentially country. is evil. So you take any, any other species, I couldn't tell you the answer, not to mention a, in a different – realm or dimension not to mention anything to do with infinite or not to mention anything physical and spiritual I no judgment on that see i i trust my own judgment i pick my friends based on whether i think they're probably good people or and, and those that uh or, or they're bad people but they're pretty damn funny and although otherwise i'm not <laughs> you know what i mean sure well I'm a, I'm a little bit irritated at god's lack of communication i would like it to be a little more clear I'll agree with you on that. God should have a freaking podcast, man. I agree. I agree <laughs> with you on that. I would. I would love more communication. I feel like I'm getting stiffed a bit down yeah, here. Yeah, but tell you I, the truth. I, I guess I'll argue uh, on God's behalf <laughs> <laughs> that that it seems if history is correct, it seems like the his the nation of Israel did see God in that sort of light and still rebelled against him. They're just like, yeah, you're God, but think this sucks we're gonna do our own thing so i don't know i don't know how good that would be for a lot of people i think a lot of people would be like okay you're god i'm not going to change so you're saying that this bible that you guys are all into doesn't even mention one way or the other whether there is or is not a hell maybe there is maybe some parts say there is but some parts say that there is not and and but for the most part it's just unclear it's a rather important point but it just never quite addresses it clearly. And then, you know, over the last, you know, few thousand years, we've had no confirmable communication whatsoever. And to add to it, we all sort of are like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on and there's no communication happening over here. Rick Perry's got a boatload of people praying for rain and there's no freaking rain. So what the hell is going on? I agree. And Quite me, frustrating. That all seems consistent. It's yeah. all consistent. It's a failure of communication because it all is so human. Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> I'm frustrated and, about it too. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think maybe a lot of the confusion does come from as human. The Bible would say that there is a hell. There is no d uh, disagreement that there is a hell. The thing that is up for grabs now is is hell one second, one minute, or eternity. You know, one hour, ten hour, whatever it might be, ten months, like kind of like a jail sentence or something like that. That is what they don't know. They they would say that there is a some type of thing that you go to, and it. Joey would say now it ends you right anyway. Consi consistent with what is probably real, which is when you die, it's over. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a, which, that, which the reason to why me, I, the reason why I like annihilationism is it could potentially help Christianity to take it away from trying to scare people into believing God. Like uh, the one of the when I was a kid, the biggest thing was, hey, if you don't serve God, you'll go to hell. If 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 it just is going to end like an atheist thinks, you know, or you know, a non-believer, a scientist, whatever, it's just over. At the end of your life, if you had that, then you would actually maybe want to believe in God as opposed to be scared into believing God. Yeah, so that could be a good thing culturally. And to me, it also, uh, th think about a God that says, look, I made you. I'm, I'm telling you that I made you. I sent my son to, to make things right. You don't have to choose this, and then things will just end for you. And okay, but if you want to believe in me, you can have eternity with me forever and ever and ever. 
that just makes to me so much more sense. I don't see, and I, I know I've argued with Matt and Toby about this. I don't see what would be the point of just saying, yeah, you didn't believe in me, so I'm going to burn you forever and ever. I just, I don't understand the point. But you believe he's going to burn you a little, right? <laughs> That's what's so crazy about that. Yeah, God won't burn you forever, but hell, one day of burning would be just terrible. Yeah, I, well, I, one second of burning would be just awful. One second? This is so Not ridiculous. Really. I love the fact that, like, like it, it, really, when it comes down to it, annihilationism is just w- one more step towards some Christians getting towards what is probably actually true, which is when you're dead, it's over. So you, pre- <laughs> you pre- <laughs> so you predict though, like eventually it'll be, a lot of Christianity will be people that don't even really spiritually believe they just hold some culture or tribal, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I wish you all a happy holidays and all that, but yeah, it's sort of like, uh, annihilationism. Why just give it to, to hell? Why not just make it for heaven too? Because there's no there's no evidence or or uh, 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 anything that suggests that a heaven's going to exist either. And then you're, you'll, you'll get plenty of people who are going to comb through that book looking for what they want to find because everybody does. And then when they're going to find, well, I don't really see too much here on heaven either. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if you, I I see your points on that, but again, the only thing it comes back to is being spiritually convinced or being convinced of something that that even defies logic. That is sometimes. And for somebody like me, it's a profound thing to say I have a feeling or an experience that trumps my my logic and reason that I, I am unable to avoid. So I, to me, that that happens just to be the case. Hey, is there is there a part of you that thinks that like after we get off an uh, episode like this, we all look at each other and kind of snicker and be like, it's so funny that we're we're telling people uh, that we believe this stuff. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But you'll get there. So the, but if I want to shift it, though, you know, I really I really enjoy having you on here. It's really good. I'm really glad that you that Metal Sucks podcast is on Jabberjaw. Uh, yes. But uh, wh- why do you why do you persist so much and listen to our show over this prolonged amount of time that you're even aware of what we're believing and what Joey's going through spiritually? I can't believe that you have that interest to, for I a prolonged lo- amount of time. Yeah. No, I love listening to to the ideas that you guys throw about because you know sometimes an idea like annihilationism I think it's hilarious because I'm sitting there laughing going oh my goodness you guys are almost there come on just keep on thinking <laughs> and you guys are sitting there like just like oh man we really got to think hard about this we got to really talk about this one and I'm like come on you'll get there just keep on going and and you never do but eventually you will you know that's, that's incredibly entertaining well, well uh Gallus, we only got you for a couple more minutes here and gotcha. uh so I want to uh would you be willing to play a game? You you know a ton about uh, atheism, but also obviously you know a ton about American Christianity. So I would like to play with you a game called "What Would the American Christian Say?" I'm going to ask about a certain topic. All right, you got a role play. Yeah, here. Yep, yep. All right, good. So what what would American like an Americanized American Christian say about Donald Trump? Oh, jeez. So you, you have to advocate See, that, for Donald Trump yeah, from the yeah. point of view of American Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a tough one because I think that, like, a lot of, um, uh, uh, very, we'll say somewhat more shallow politically, uh, American Christians would probably, uh, don't tell us yeah, what they would do. You, be you, them. You're them. Oh, you are them. Like them? Well, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with like the 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 like hardcore hardcore American Christian. Go yeah, go right. there. Yep. Yeah, you don't even go southern if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Donald Trump has not been pro 
uh, life as long as he needs to be. And he's divorced, what, three, four times? I should add every single time to uh, uh, an immigrant. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, Donald Trump is an awful thing for this uh, uh, for this country. I get con- uh, you know very, very nervous about the fact that there's six letters in his first name. Um, who knows <laughs> how many letters are in his last name? There's, I can't count that high, but yes, it's, uh, uh, he's, he's awful for America, but, um, uh, yeah, we got to vote Huckabee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here comes the next one. What would American Christians say about overeating and being overweight as, as opposed to other sins, like, you know, people, uh, killing people with guns or maybe homosexuality or whatever it might be. This is freaking delicious. I love, I love all of this. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that if eating this much is a sin, then, Hey, what the hell? It's only going to last a second or so anyway. So, <laughs> all right. Last one. Hell last what, a second. I ruined that joke. Sorry. What, what, what would uh, an American Christian say about an atheist in America? It's the fact that they keep talking. They keep on saying things. They're telling people all the time what they think. I don't care what you think. This is not, this is a Christian country. And, and I, I'm trying to educate my kids the way that, that they should be educated. I don't know, understand what your problem is. I don't know why you hate God. I don't know why you hate Jesus. Would you please get the hell out of my nativity scene? Uh, because, uh, uh, this is a Christian country, and 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 if you don't like it, get out. That was pretty good. You need to play way more up the kids' angle on all of them. Yep. It's oh, all about what, about gonna, my kids. Yep, and what the you kids atheists are going to steal our yep. children. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That was awesome. Way to play. Way to play for sure. Thank you. I, can I just say one thing about that annihilationism thing? Like, like for me, because as uh, from going from being a Christian and then taking this long ass road to get to the point where I just no longer believe um there was a like almost like a moment where the idea that there is no that life ends and it just stops and it's over and a finality to it Mm -hmm. that just shook me to the core for almost like months and it was really really hard and i'm sure a lot of people who might be buying into annihilationism might be kind of going through the same thing it's it it is just as scary as hell is when you really really think about it. But at least I feel like once I got through the other side, I realized that you know it's okay, and it really has um, uh, given me a, a a greater focus on every single day of my life and the relationships I have with the people that I love. And you know it, it really has sort of given that sort of like near death experience type focus to every single day. And and I, and I love that. So it puts the beauty into the smaller things and the the moments and the time that you do have. Because I think there's a difference in, I'm not really sure what the atheist point of views are, but I think on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to misquote or missay even names here, but Carl Sagan says we're insignificant, we're the pale blue dot. And maybe it's Bertrand Russell and some of the existentialists that say that the main thing we have to do is embrace the emptiness, the meaninglessness, and the void, and that accept that our death, even our death, is meaningless or whatever. Is that where you rest and, and kind of find comfort there, or is it that, or is it opposite that it inspires each moment to be beautiful because we know it's limited for you? Yeah, well, it's a com- it's a combination of both. You know, uh, do I do I think that uh, I'm significant? I think uh, I'm significant to the 
you know, the people around me who care for me. And uh, I try to be as significant as I can in the communities that I choose to participate in. And, and then, you know, but, you know, at one point it will be over. It will be totally over. And uh, and so is that is that beautiful that it ends or is it is it unfortunate? It's just too bad. Oh, no. Dude, I, I'm all into that life extension stuff. I need my consciousness <laughs> uploaded go. to the internet, man. <laughs> well, I've learned something today that an atheist can love. I didn't even didn't know, know that. We'd never oh, heard that before. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Godless, good luck to you. Everything's going good at Metal Sucks. Everything is great. We got this, dude. Oh, we got just huge stuff coming up. So it's 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 really really uh, been fun. And 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 I got to tell you, you know. Uh, for having this uh, uh, relationship with you guys through Jabberjaw is super, super exciting. And, and um, yeah, we're really great, uh, uh, grateful to be a part of it and uh, uh, glad to, uh, to have been brought aboard. Yeah, well, we love it. You guys yep. put on a good show. We like what you guys do. Nice. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for All your time right. today. Thanks, man. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Godless was awesome again. Yeah, don't forget to go listen to his episodes over there on Passive No Answers, by the way. People yeah. think we're crazy for having uh, such an atheist friend, but I'll tell you what, I heard the Lord speaking in his heart and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> I like it every time he, he's not on the podcast. <laughs> I always say he's going to get saved. He's, you know, he's close. The heavenly spirit's going to move. Holy I think spirit's he may, move. I think when he dies, he may be pretty pissed off. I think he is saved and he's going to wake yeah, up. Well, he'd be like, be how like mad that. will he be? <laughs> Damn it. I'm in heaven. <laughs> I think if that was really possible, you wouldn't be upset. You'd be like, oh, gosh, I wasn't oh, believing course, in yeah. this. I'm glad I'm here. Well, you know what he needs? What's the one thing that could change his life? I'll read it. John 3, 16. The truth, Joey, not the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lightning bolts. <laughs> Lord, I was joking. Lord, I was joking. Lord, I was joking. Do not smoke me, Lord. Matt, just like the Bible, I want to bring real truth. In a world where you never thought you'd make new friends and then now you make atheist friends that try to talk you out of your whole faith and whole context of your life. And is that a friend at all? I made a a new friend called Godless. (laughs) (laughs) I started working at a church and now I have a new friend named Godless. Kind of a weird life I'm living right now. Hey, listen to this. uh, It's the damn news, by the way. Yep. When he was on the episode. Uh, actually said his real name and I thought he was joking around but he was kind of in freak out mode he was just like hey hey he said you just used my real name he's just like I've never aired my real name we have to start all over <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny um it was it's been interesting I would say the last seven eight years now of President Obama's presidency and this is a little bit of a personal story here but uh it it Here's the deal. I have family members and friends that just say so many terrible things about our president. They just say the worst things about President Obama. And here's the thing, too, that I question a lot of times is um, if he just was a Republican, would they say the things? Because, I mean, like, seriously, like if a Republican made gas this cheap, like a dollar something here in South Carolina, if uh, all these things happened and uh, that uh, under Obama, maybe they would just be totally fine with it. Cause it doesn't like to me personally, America doesn't seem any, any worse off under this president. I know people are going to write and say, you are wrong. You are wrong. This is such a, mm-hmm. pre- any president's very polarizing, 
But uh, anyway, I thought this, it would be kind of cool. This first news story here today would be about that. Do, do, do y'all's parents take a strong stance on like against Obama or against Democrats or against Republicans? My dad yeah, hates what he really describes as anything to do with the government. Yeah, I know. That, well, I can kind of agree with that. I think all everybody on everybody's crooked. I mean, it's not. That's the thing that where I'm at is like it doesn't matter. You, you think uh, one of the new candidates, the Republican candidates, are going to be so awesome and wonderful and change America for the better and, and restore America? No, nah, like, get back to the. Nah. I guess what you're old, hitting on here days? is they primarily whoever the figurehead is primarily yeah. functions as a scapegoat for the for the out you know out group yeah. or whatever something like that well uh first of all i'm going to read this uh, article it comes from our good friends at the Huffington that sounds Post. very conspiracy conspiracy esque though by the way that what? Every, all of them are crooked sounds like they're uh, sounds like they're up to something selfish gain yeah i mean that's, that's just normal yeah uh here's Straight how forward. the country is doing under obama so far this year now huffington post has been known to be liberal so that everybody's going to immediately say this is a bad Article, but we'll just start with the first one. Under Obama, the economy has added 7.2 million jobs, and the unemployment rate is now lower than the historical median. Are you now, serious? Well, this that's what true? this says, but also... Um, I'm sure those, sent, the numbers are I was sent this false. article, by the way. But, Huffington no, Post well, couldn't get away with just no, completely false numbers. There's no, probably you stuff can't. they may leave out. And you're right, Toby, to, as an anti-bias thing, to note clearly and fairly that this is a very liberal source. So, fair enough. But it's highly unlikely that they would simply lie about numbers, knowing That's their encouraging reputation. To say, Matt, good job complimenting Toby. Well, the, here's the thing, too. I I listen to a lot of conservative radio because I think it's interesting as well, and um, so a lot of people would say those numbers are skewed because. Mm-hmm. They were certain types of jobs and and uh, things that weren't actually real, or they or they did they did. It, they finagled it. It wasn't totally true. I, I wish I had that uh, another article pulled up about right, that. So okay. back some percentage uh, off those giant job right, growth numbers I, then. But but still, here, here, I, I heard. Uh, I think it was a guy at our church the other day say about this. But here's something. Here's an indicator. If you see people just out and about on a work day in the middle of the day, which I see all the time now, that is kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Like people are out spending money, living life, doing all kinds of stuff. Like it's really interesting to me. Like uh, either one, they don't have jobs or two, they have enough money where they're just chilling, yeah. having a good time, going to get a coffee. Like it was funny the other day I was like, it's a Tuesday. And, and the like, uh, Barnes and Noble was packed. I happened mm-hmm. to have the day off or something like that. I was taking uh, Ruby to the Barnes and Noble. Or something. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. What are all these people doing? They're yeah. buying books and doing, I mean, I always say look at Best problem. Buy as a giant line, all business hours of people buying giant TVs all the time through right. since 2008. I mean, through the recession, it seemed that way to me. I didn't notice it. Yeah. All right. Here's one that's very polarizing. The administration, the administration says 16 million have gained health insurance as a result of the Affordable Care Act. But the National Center for Health Statistics estimates that 37 million others still lacked coverage last year. Mm. So just everybody getting health care, which I am mostly probably against, on, yeah, only because I, I don't care either way. I just don't want the government running my health care. I yeah. think they do a pretty poor job of doing a lot. I mean, post office, FedEx, and UPS comes along just to slays it. It's just better. Preach you know it, I mean? man. Yep. Preach it. Yeah. That doesn't um, d- determine the cost of the health care or how good it is. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, um, the U.S. increased its domestic crude oil production last year by more than it it has in over a hundred years, and that's what the Republicans want is domestic. Right, the U.S. now relies less on imported oil than it has since the Nixon administration. Now, here's the big kicker on that one: 
a lot of people say Obama didn't want that. He's trying to stop that because that comes from fracking. Yeah, fracking. Fracking has been, and a lot of people are freaked out by fracking, saying it's destroying water, it's destroying all kinds of things, and it's going to be bad. So I don't know for sure, but there has to be something a little iffy on it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's enough for now. There, there's some other ones, too, that are interesting. But So basically, though, here's the thing. It isn't all doom and gloom no matter what. And it is the end of America and what it is. And, and it's interesting, like, how people really do think. Like, my dad has told me this in my life. And, man, you know, I wish we could get back to everybody. One thing I always hear on the Republican side, let's get back to the Reagan years, man. The Reagan <laughs> years, man. Not, you know, 1980s and all this stuff. We tore down the wall. We did all this amazing stuff. But, I mean, would you rather live now or in the 80s? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, right now, things are going amazing. They, I mean, they yeah. really are. I mean, I, I mean, seriously. I agree. I I've been doing commerce for a living of some kind of something that is an economic luxury, which is music. And I know music crashed at a time, and so did the economy. And I've been doing music business and commerce for 15 years, and I ain't noticed no difference in anything. I don't care who's president. That don't even matter to me. But it's certainly not bad. Right. It wasn't bad before or after, really. And, and I mean, I'm even going to say this, and say this, this sounds uh, like I'm it. listening. I hope I, I think this does matter. I think it is was important that he's a, a African American. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, I think it is important. I think I think that's great for our country. I really am happy with it. And the main thing is, no matter what, I, just like I, here's, here's how you know I'm not just being biased or whatever. I, I don't. I'm not a Democrat. I'm probably closest, maybe potentially, to a libertarian. I feel like I'm pretty socially uh, liberal and physically conservative, but. I liked Bush. I just thought he was cool. Yeah. I just yeah, liked I like the way he too. was. He was fine. And I like Obama. Like when, when I listen to him on some pot that like Mark Marin podcast, WTF podcast, or just hear him on stuff or cut up, make some jokes and stuff. I, I like that dude's cool. I'd like yeah. to hang out with him, have a beer. I think that'd be really fun. You know, so, uh, but my, my parents and family probably would want to destroy me in this podcast right now. Well, the weird that. thing <laughs> is that they think that he actually has evil intentions that are evil yeah, like and the purpose of them is to Satan. spread evil. That's the right. most bizarre thing in the world. Well, you know, uh, an author that I read a lot of, Mike Breen, he is from England, and he said no matter uh, which way you lean, Democrat or Republican, he said no matter what, Obama being elected was a victory for our country in that it, sh it proved that democracy can work. He said if you think about the history of our country and the thought of African Americans being our president, even 50 years ago, people would have laughed. And he said, here we are, 2008, and we have a black yeah. president. He said, what a testimony. Now we need to get us a woman. Then we need to get us a gay. Then we need to get us a transgender. Okay. Then we need to get us somebody mentally disabled. Then we'll be in good shape. <laughs> and then a broom. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.